When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All righty. Welcome into another live edition, a Sunday night edition of the Patriots Beat Podcast. Alex, we haven't done Sunday night since uh, since the season ended. So that's right. Good to see you. Hope everyone's having a good Sunday. Uh, no better way to spend it than talking to NFL Combine. Uh, the Combine in Indy just ended, so we're here to break down the offense. We did Defense Friday. You can check that out. Um, let's do the offense, position by position, Madden style. We'll start with quarterbacks. But first, I want to talk about some Patriots news that also came out of Indy this week. Uh, let's start with DeAndre Hopkins. So Friday night, as soon as we got off uh, on de- talking the defense, our friend Matthew Judon of the New England Patriots tweeted out that the Patriots will be trading for DeAndre Hopkins. Twitter, of course, went into a frenzy. Nothing has came out since, really. Um, nothing has came out from the teams, anyway. Uh, so there is no deal yet. But there was uh, some reporting from a Cardinals reporter that said that uh, the the two have, sides have been talking. And Ian Rappaport also said that the Hopkins trade market will start to ramp up next week. So it sounds like the Patriots are in the mix for DeAndre Hopkins. What do you make of it? Good idea, bad idea. What do you make of the, the Hopkins frenzy over the last few days? I, it's certainly interesting. It's cer- interesting. It certainly sounds like something's maybe on the way. The Patriots are at least one of the teams invested. It tells me they're serious about going to get a veteran wide receiver. My question becomes, if they don't get Hopkins, are they going to give up or are they going to pivot to somebody else? So uh, yeah. I like the path that they're on. Hopkins is probably my second choice uh, among those available. I think everybody knows I'm a big Jerry Judy guy, yeah. but I, I hope it's not Hopkins or bust. And, and along with that report, uh, the report that the, the or along with that report, there's another report from the athletic that we kind of talked about the other day that mm-hmm. the Patriots don't want to take a receiver at 14. They uh, yes. want, if they're going to yep. invest in a receiver. They want a veteran. And I like that. And I think that after seeing this receiver class at the combine, I feel strong, even stronger that that's the right move. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I think the question now is that Hopkins would be a good addition. I don't know that he'd be the best addition, but he'd be a good addition. And if it's not him, I hope they move on to the next guy. Yeah, Chad's report in The Athletic tells me that it likely won't be Hopkins or Bust. I feel like they'll still try and kick the tires elsewhere. Um, I feel the same way. Yeah, yeah. but so you were very gung-ho on Hopkins towards the end of December. And now it seems yep. like you're like, well, well, he's not the best decision. What changed? I Is it worry, Bill O'Brien? Yeah, I worry about okay. a team that had, seems like, significant issues between the offensive players and the offensive coaching staff last year. And I know the personnel has changed on that side of the ball, at least to an extent. Um, You know, Joe judge is still there in some capacity, but for a team that had a lot of issues behind the scenes between the players and the coaching staff on the offensive side of the ball, bringing in a wide receiver who historically has not gotten along with the new offensive coordinator, who's supposed to be the guy to fix everything. I don't love that. Now time heals all wounds. Jack Easterby is no longer a part of this equation. So funny guy. It, it, maybe Bill comes in and just gets them to bury the hatchet. Like yeah. if he does that, I I, I feel good about it. Um, but I do sort of worry just about the dynamic. But the other thing is, if I would think if the dynamic is going to be that much of an issue, they don't make the trade. That's what so, I was just going to say. Yeah. If they make the trade, it's like, all right. And you know, maybe they're saying it's all well and good now because Hopkins has a new contract sitting in front of him and he likes it but right that is my big hold up it's not even the age like obviously judy's 23 and i love that and he has ceiling but the way hopkins plays the game like it's not like he's gonna be 34 35 right he's gonna be entering his age 31 season 
Randy Moss was entering his age 30 season when he came here. People thought he was cooked. And I don't think Moss is the same player as Hopkins, but I don't think it's a totally unfair comp either. And the way Hopkins plays the game, speed has never been a big part of his game. Right. A lot of these burners kind of bow out earlier because they lose half a step and suddenly the entire game looks different to them. Hopkins has always been a finesse guy. And I, you know, you equate it to in baseball, the pitchers that throw a hundred, they're great for a couple of years, but most of them, once they lose five miles an hour off that fastball, they don't know how to adjust. Now they're just serving up meatballs. They can't get it by anybody. Mm-hmm. So they lose their effectiveness versus a guy that maybe maxes out at 92, but he can put 92 on the black every single time. You don't lose that with age as much. So that guy can have a much longer career. That's sort of how I feel about Hopkins. Right. And I would say too, that um, he also was fine last year in his age 30 season after granted after uh, a suspension. And then he only played half a season, but he's he's still dominant in the games he played last year. So I don't think that quick of a drop off is going to happen right away. Yeah, um, I yeah. agree. So that's that's the receiver mark again. I think maybe Judy too, but as far as burying the hatchet goes, like you said, I, and I would agree, I don't think they're going to make that move if there's still any sort of bad blood. I think it would be passed through. Bill O'Brien would say, "All good, let's do it," and I think D Hop would say, "All good, let's do it." I know he doesn't have the trade clause, uh, the no trade clause anymore due to um, his suspension that voided that. But with the Austin Fort relationship and everything going on in this trade, I feel like it would be. Let's let's make sure that all our our I's and T's are dotted and crossed. So, yeah, uh, we'll see. But it sounds like there is a movement on the Hopkins front for New England. Okay, another rumor this morning: Dan Graziano, ESPN Insider, ESPN Plus, uh, him and Jeremy Fowler, I believe, collabed on an article for the uh, for the website and talked about the Raiders' quarterback situation. And one Mac Jones was involved in the article. Alex uh, Graziano said that. Uh, he heard out in Indy that the the excuse me the Raiders were um, sort of sniffing around the idea of potentially trading for Mac Jones. Graziano said that the Patriots didn't seem to want to be uh, involved in such trade, but his name is now being circled just two years uh, into his Patriots tenure in some trade rumors. So, uh, would you do it? Do you think it's going to happen? Do you think it's smoke and mirrors? What, what did you make of the Mac Jones trade rumors today from ESPN? Yeah, it's a whole lot of nothing. I, I could yeah. not be less interested. Uh, the Patriots aren't going to do that. It, if they do that, it's such a massive mistake because then do you know who you are? You're the Raiders. If you yeah. make a, if you move your quarterback without a plan to be better at quarterback on the other side, without an immediate plan, that is the stupidest thing you can do in the NFL. And Anthony Richardson's not going to be on the board at seven. He's not. And yeah. I don't think... Will Levis is that much better of an option than Mac Jones, if at all. Yes, he has the arm strength, and everybody's going to get all hot and bothered over that. His touchdown-interception yeah, ratio was also less than 2-1. to one. I don't... Uh, yeah, he helped himself a little bit. His interception... The arm was but... His touchdown-interception ratio was less than 2-1. to one. I, mm-hmm. We will... If they trade Mac Jones to draft Will Levis, they are in the same spot. In two years from now, everybody will be bitching about how much Will Levis sucks and they should have kept Mac and, and back into the quarterback carousel. So unless like it, maybe, maybe if Anthony Richardson is sitting there on the board at seven, you call Josh and you say, hey, do you really want Mac Jones? But also, is Josh going to want Mac Jones over Anthony Richardson? I don't know. Right. I don't think so. Yeah. So and is Mac worth seven? Like, are they going to give up seven for Mac? That's what I don't he's know. Either. Probably That's... not. And you know what? He's probably right. not. But I'm not. For all the and, and there's all these reports about how they're still behind Mac Jones and all this. I it, people just having fun stirring up headlines. Like, there's yeah nothing to it. It's there are very few scenarios. I don't know that there are any realistic scenarios where they trade Mac Jones and become a better team in 2023. I just don't think it exists. Yeah, I, w- I would agree. I don't think so it, unless, it makes unless much they want to make the team worse. They, yeah. It's not going to happen. Well, I don't think they want to make the team worse, Alex. I think that, you know, as Belichick that, Well, that, say, that's exactly That's what point. it would do. Yeah, but I wonder about the Richardson stuff. I don't think he's going to be there at seven. He had the best combine I think I've seen from a quarterback. Um Again, we talked about it on Friday where the, the Richardson 
uh, meeting was more so probably some advanced scouting from the Patriots department yep. and not necessarily a uh, a looking to draft Richardson. He's not going to be there. He's going to be a top five pick. He was outstanding at the combine this week. We'll get into it when we do quarterbacks. But I would agree, Mac Jones rumors are uh, a whole lot of nothing. So last rumor before we get into the positions is Matt Patricia. Uh, our friend Karen Garrigan from the Herald uh, tweeted this afternoon that she's hearing that Matt Patricia has a shot to land with the Eagles on their defensive staff. Uh, she said it would presumably be as a linebackers coach. Uh, my favorite part of this uh, potential pairing is that Matt Patricia was the defensive coordinator for the Patriots when they played the Eagles with Nick Foles. He let up 41 points to a backup quarterback. Uh, look, I think, Patri- I think Patricia's a, a, a solid defensive mind i think he would be if he wants to you know continue coaching in this league it's as a defensive assistant it's not as a coordinator it's certainly not as an offensive coordinator so i mean good on him if he lands elsewhere on a defensive uh as a defensive assistant but i I thought it was kind of funny that it might be with the eagles the funniest thing about it to me is that darius slay who's one of the eagles players hates him like he literally said earlier this year i do not respect him as a man so Yeah, Darius good luck. The Patriots. You're right. Yeah, have I'll, I'll do that trade. I'll do that trade, yeah. Matt Patricia for Darius Slay. Sign and trade. Who says no? So, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm good with that. Yeah, um, Dan Graziano in that same thing, uh, that same column today, uh, reported, and this was sort of known, but it hadn't really been like officially official per se. But uh, Matt Patricia's contract is up in New England, so he is a free agent coach, if you will. So. Uh, anywhere he signs, the Patriots have nothing to do with. So it sounds like his contract is up. It also sounds like he's probably not coming back. So um, for all those uh, Matt Patricia haters out there, uh, it sounds like you're you're in a good spot from uh, from that point of view. All right, let's do combine, Alex. Uh, yeah. Quarterbacks. Let's start quarterbacks because we just talked about him, but Florida's Anthony Richardson absolutely dominated Indy this week. I think he's probably the talk of the entire the, the entire weekend. Um, his 40 inch, 40 and a 40 inch, 40 and a half inch, excuse me, geez, 40 and a half inch vertical was a quarterback record. He ran a 4440 yard dash. Uh, his draft stock, draft stock is skyrocketing. He's 6'4, 244. Uh, he had a 10 flat uh, RAS score. And so Richardson just completely dominated. He also looked solid in the throwing sessions as well. I know the knock on him as a prospect has been his consistency, his accuracy, his ability. He's sort of, uh, you know, is back and forth in that area. But I think Anthony Richardson was the number one winner of the entire combine, just showing his his quickness, his athletics, uh, his athleticism. And uh, I, I think he cemented himself as a top five pick at the end of April. Yeah, he was up there. I, look, I'll be honest. I, I think that he was the biggest winner at quarterback. Okay. Um, uh, uh, Hooker wasn't far behind. Just that you report are really, alone, really on the Hendon Hooker. Uh, the report box, huh? alone really like report that he's going to be ready to start the season, I think, is major. I think that puts him in play in the first round. I think without that, yeah, if he doesn't clear those medicals, you're talking about probably a guy who's borderline top 100. If teams really believe he can be ready to start the season, there, there's some teams at the end of the first round who still sort of need a quarterback. Uh, teams like the Saints, right? Yeah, we've talked about the Saints with him. Yeah. I I don't think that that situation present. Look, it's not take anything away from Anthony Richardson. He, he was obviously fantastic. But fantastic. Um whether it's the Cowboys, whether it's it's the Saints, whether it's a team, the Eagles have two first round picks like they could move back from 30. I think that's totally realistic. Kind of how the Ravens got Lamar right yeah. uh, uh moving up in nine, 19 right um yes 18 18 Patriots yeah 18 yeah 19. yeah it was uh, whatever Sunday. it is yeah. right um that report to me okay so i shouldn't say like i think he was close with anthony richardson for the biggest win like let me rephrase that there day. we go yeah yeah take it down a notch <laughs> i think lost in the anthony richardson hype which is fair yeah uh that is a major story that got very little attention that okay. Hendon Hooker's on track to be ready to start the season. That That's a fair point. I would agree. And I think that, um, that cause that's what we end- do on the show. Everybody on every show is going to be talking about Anthony Richardson this week. We're going to give you the other angle that to me. Yeah. Is why would you, 
Yeah, why would you ever start the show with that? Silly, silly me. No, but uh, <laughs> as far as the trading up into the back end of the first round for a quarterback, I love that move, like like you said, with what the Ravens did with Lamar. Uh, the Vikings did it with Teddy Bridgewater a few years prior to that too because that fifth-year option is so massive, especially for a quarterback contract where you're going to pay hand over fist for a guy if he's if he's your guy. So having that extra year of flexibility is massive. So, yeah, I would agree. I think Hooker's uh, – the, the way just, you know, that Rappaport report, Rappaport report is something to say. Uh, the Rappaport yeah. report came out uh, on Hooker being ready. I think you're right. It, it is massive for him because, I mean, uh, the fact that he is, what, 25 years old and he could have missed part of his rookie season. I mean, that at that point, you're 26, 27 years old when you're trying to actually start games in the NFL and then you turn into Brandon Whedon light. So, yeah, I would agree. Um, the Hooker health scenario um, – Certainly helped his cause, but, I mean, Richardson was dominant. I think he's going to be top five. The other guy I look at is Will Levis. I know you're not as high on him, and I'm not too terribly high on him either. I think he's clearly the fourth best quarterback in the class behind uh, Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, and Richardson. But the way Levis was throwing that football, and I know they're just in shorts and uh, shirts and shorts, but he really has the zip on the football, and I think that that raw – ability to be able to throw a football like that is something that offensive coordinators and scouting departments just drool over. And if you can bring that guy into your program as a top 15 pick as a team that not, not a quarterback away because you're, you know, in the top 15, but if you're, if you're in need for a quarterback like Josh McDaniels is in Las Vegas, I think you grab Will Levis if he's there for you at seven. Um, Cause again, you can build around him. You can teach him your offense. You need a good set of offensive, uh, Offensive coaches, offensive skills, and that's sort of what the Raiders look at, look like. So I I really liked what Levis did for himself. I I just guy works out well, good in the gym, looks good in shorts. Yeah. I'm not we'll buying what happens at his pro yet. day too. Yeah, the thing that I is so underrated, and this is me going off on a tangent here though, is the underrated thing that I saw, and it was from Johnny Manziel's pro day. He threw in his shoulder pads and helmet, and I know that that's. I loved that because no, you know what? That's a good call. It is. It's a great call, and I haven't seen it since. And you know, Johnny Manziel's career decisions beyond that weren't great. Well, that's the, the thing. Decision- Guys probably don't want people saying, "Hey, you know, he is Johnny yeah, Manziel right. move here." But I mean, man, to to be able to show guys, and you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk quarterback playing quarterback for a second. The difference between throwing a football in no pads versus the shoulder pads and helmet. It feels a lot different. There's a lot going on up here to be able to fix your mechanics and things like that. And so when guys throw in shirts, it's like, okay, cool. But there's a major difference. And I liked what Johnny did. I think Will Levis to do that at his pro day would be an interesting, uh, an interesting thing to show off as well. But I really liked his arm talent. I, I think he has the best arm talent in the class. And so we'll see what that does. But I liked Levis. Um, any other quarterbacks? What'd you think? Bad, good, uh, indifferent? Um, yeah, I mean, CJ Stroud just, it, it, yeah, it he's looks effortless well. throwing the ball. And and I know people kind of talk about how he, it, there were those takes that he only lofts the ball, right? He mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily put zip on it. There were a couple where he did to show he can do it, but he, it, remember when like uh, the receivers were saying Mac Jones first year, there was a very catchable ball and nobody really knew what that mm-hmm. meant. Uh, that's uh, CJ Stroud just looks like he throws a very catchable ball. Like it just, yeah. it almost, uh, you know, like in Madden, right when the game sort of glitches so the receiver's hands are there and the ball's over here yeah. and it just they just kind of morph into the same spot like yeah. that's what it looks like when CJ Stroud throws <laughs> the ball the ball's just kind of tracking the receiver's hands yeah. so i think he can throw a zip when he needs to i think that's an overrated knock but man can he just like on a pillow just yeah. put it right there so that, that was impressive to me like i thought he was good i thought all the quarterbacks were good Obviously, Richardson stands out above above the bunch, but yeah. no real. It, it's hard for quarterbacks to screw up the combine, like throwing in in shorts, like you said. And it's funny you brought that up because I was thinking too, like nobody's ever going to run a four three in a game because right. you can't run a four three in pads. They should do all these drills in pads. Let yeah. us see what it really looks like. Yeah. Um, another quarterback. As I'm looking at the uh, the event tracker here on NFL.com, I thought Dorian Thompson Robinson. Uh, kind of helped himself. He was a Shrine Bowl guy yeah. with the Patriots. He ran fast. He threw the ball hard. Um, just uh, oh, actually, that's another one. Um, he ran well, and Max ran well. 
Yeah, Max Duggan. He ran a. He was the yeah. second fastest behind Richardson. Um, he was a little inconsistent in his uh in his throwing. I didn't like his throwing all that much. He overthrew and underthrew a few That's guys. Fair. But yeah. Um, and another uh, actually, as we wrap up the quarterbacks and talked about Will Levis and how I said he impressed me, there was one I was raving about him. I was uh, sitting watching. I was just tweeting whatever. Levis is dominant. And then as soon as I the second I was like, oh my god, he's having an outstanding day. He completely underthrew a guy, and I was like, wow, that, that's going to go for six on Sundays. But uh, other than that, solid showing from the quarterbacks. Um, let's go to RBs. Jameer Gibbs ran the fastest 40 for running backs. He ran a 4-3-6. We've talked about him plenty on this show as a uh, potential Patriots fit because of the Bill O'Brien connection, because of the Patriots' need for another pass-catching running back. Um, he would pair well with Ramondre Stevenson. I don't know if Gibbs is going to be there at pick 46. I also don't think the Patriots will take him as early as 14, but uh, I thought Jameer Gibbs uh, ran fast, ran hard. He looked great in drills. Uh, you've seen it on the tape all day as far as him as a pass catcher. He's he's comp to Alvin Kamara, who is one of the best pass catching backs to come out of uh, the NFL draft in the last few years. So uh, I thought Gibbs helped himself. I know you've had him as your RB1, but what did you think of him so far or this weekend? Yeah, he, he looked great. He, he looked yeah. great. I mean, I thought for him to run, I actually haven't seen the second fastest 40. What, what was his 40. official? Four three six. He came in at four three six. Okay, that's an yeah. excellent time for him. Yeah, yeah, I was expecting him to be like low to mid four fours. Mm-hmm. I look is Bijan Robinson a better runner with the ball in his hands? Yes, probably. But when you look at the complete body of work, uh, as a runner, as a receiver, as a blocker, as a route runner, mm-hmm. I I like Gibbs. I, I still think Gibbs is the guy. Yeah. Now I wouldn't um, take him at 14 if I'm the Patriots, but right. he, he was outstanding. I also, I don't, I don't think he's going to be there in a situation even where they can bar more him. If he doesn't go um, late on day one, he's going to be one of the first five picks on day two. Yeah, I would agree. Um, but yeah, he had a great day. I would love for them to be able to grab him, but I just, it's going to be tough because his stock's going to continue to rise and guys are going to go, are going to go after him. I don't know if he's a first-round pick. I think Bijan might be, um, but certainly someone could come in and grab Gibbs at the end of the first round. Um, the other running back I want to talk about is Bijan Robinson because Daniel Jeremiah of NFL Network on uh, the Combine special today. I thought it was Jameer Gibbs. My apologies for those of you who saw it on Twitter, but it was Bijan Robinson that Daniel Jeremiah said, look, Bill Belichick is known for zagging when everybody else zigs. And look, it could be a good present for Bill O'Brien if the Patriots take Bijan Robinson, who he has graded as the fourth best player in the class, um, if they took Bijan at pick 14. Bijan ran a 4-4-6-40, so middle of the pack, but he's not really known as a burner. He's just a great all-around runner. He looks solid in drills as well. Uh, the way he cuts, the way he moves, it's effortless, it's flawless. Um he can read blocks like the best of them, as you've seen on tape. But I thought Robinson was solid and is still the best running back in the class. But what did you think of what Jeremiah said just about them potentially, you know, shaking up the the first half of the draft and taking Bijan at 14? It wouldn't make much sense with Ramondre, but what say you? Yeah, they, they have too many needs to get fancy like that. If they are, in theory, going to take a running back that high, like if that is something they want to do, right, um, then to me – it has to be Jameer Gibbs, and you have to draft him as a wide receiver. But yeah. in a draft that's pretty good at slot receiver, that doesn't make a ton of sense. That's what the the Jaguars did under Urban Meyer. And anytime you hear that's what the Jaguars did under Urban Meyer, you should turn and run away. Yeah, fair. But Probably hey, not uh, a great idea. yeah, but Etienne's okay. He's maybe not a first round pick, but I mean, he's well, no. It, well, now they're playing him a running so. What happened yeah, was okay. they drafted ETN to be a slot receiver, and then Urban Meyer's not there anymore, and they're like, all right, well, we have this guy, and he's a running back, so we're going to play him at running back. And it worked out, but, like, I don't think – like, if they're trying to line – they wanted to essentially convert his position. Yeah, that's fair. And that maybe would have worked. Maybe it wouldn't have. That was a great wide receiver class. It, it, it's the mystery box of the boat. We're going to draft Travis ETN to see if he can become a slot receiver as good as some of the other slot receivers we could have drafted, right? It doesn't make sense. Yeah, okay. Um, any other running backs stand out to you? Deuce Vaughn is tiny. He's 5'5", but uh, a Deion Lewis comp. I thought everybody knew he was going to come in short anyway, so I don't think that really helped or hurt him, but uh, 
his height just stands out being that short as a running back. But uh, who else stood out running backs wise for you? Um, Evan, Evan Hull, Northwestern. Yeah, saw a Evan Hull. It's about him. He runs, running runs hard, runs all fours. the way through. Yeah. Really interesting kind of back, kind of a hybrid running back fullback, does some tight endish things too. Really got used in every every position offensively by Northwestern this year. That's a good time for him. And he's running the ball all the way to the end zone on the drills, yeah, which we know that. the Patriots do in training camp. So you'll like about, to see that. Yeah, I'm going through the times now. Tavion Thomas was the uh, slowest running back. He ran a 4.74. Uh, I know he's the thumper. He's not a speed guy, but... We've talked about him on the on the show here before. What do you think of him running that slow? All right, you're cutting it out. Who was that? Tavion Thomas. Tavion Thomas. Yeah, I was. He, I was bummed. He about ran that. slow. Yeah. Yeah. Even if he was in the four sixes, he would have been fine. But um, right. Yeah, that was a little disappointing. We're that that one's probably out the window. Yeah, uh, Tajay Sharp as well from Tulane. Uh, he didn't. He ran an. Oh, he didn't run the forty at all. But um. His vertical, he was in the he was second with a 39 inch. His broad jump was 10-5, which was third for the class. Uh, he's an athlete. I think he was a top five rusher in the NCAA last year from Tulane. We've talked about him on the show as well. But what do you think about him or just any other wrap ups at RB before we go to a wide receiver? What do you think of the class in general? Um, yeah, it's a good class. It's a good deal. And is class. my mic still cutting out, or can you hear? No, me? you're my internet's freaking oh, out. Okay. I don't know why. Right. Um. It's a it's a good class. It's a good running back class. I think there's no need to press to get a guy if you need a guy, but I also don't know how much the Patriots need a guy. Yeah, that's fair. And we are on Patriots beat. So having said that, let's do receivers. There's so many guys I want to talk about with the receivers. We're probably get, this is probably going to be our our longest section of the of the night. Um, but I want to start with Jackson Smith and Jigba. He said after your 40 yard dash, he came out. He ran a six five seven three cone drill. He ran a three nine three short shuttle. Um, he looked amazing in the pass catching portion. We knew he was an elite route runner, but we saw it uh, firsthand. Him and CJ Stroud had uh, had a couple of great connections. I know that's easy to do when you played together, but um, look, he he was toe tapping on the sideline. He was running crisp routes. His whip route was ridiculous. Again, I know they're in shirts and shorts, but he really showed out, especially for not running the forty. People knock him on the speed thing. But his short area quickness is great. He'll be able to find the burners every once in a while in the league. Um, he really looks like the second best, without question, receiver in this class. Him and Zay Flowers are one and two. Um, I think I think JSN helped himself a lot on Saturday. Yeah, I, I think JSN was the big winner. Or, or sorry, yeah. I think Flowers was the big winner of, of the okay. week. Just he runs yeah. a good forty. He measures in well. Addison didn't measure in well, didn't run a good 40. Quentin Johnson yeah. didn't run. A lot of questions about that. I know JSN did well in the agility drills, but a lot of teams want to see straight line speed. So I won't say he hurt himself because the agility drills were very impressive. But I I still think Zay Flowers comes away from the weekend wide receiver one. Do you know, and has it come out, if JSN's going to run uh, at, his pro, at the Ohio State Pro Day? Well, it's an injury thing, so I think it's probably too early to tell. Okay. Interesting. Um but I mean, again, I just think that, you know, we talk about straightaway speed. That's not really his thing. I know it hurts a little bit, but I thought everything else helped him enough where he's still, is he going to be there at 14? And would you take him at 14 if you're the Patriots? Because what I saw tells me, yes, take him. Um, I tweeted a mock draft earlier. I've, I've tweeted about it, the, you know, the last two days that if JSN's there at 14, I'm now taking him. Uh, what say you? I don't think they're going to, uh, I don't think he's going to be there. I, okay. I, I don't think he is. I see too many spots where it makes sense for him to go. Um, if my draft order will load here. Um, I think that the Eagles make a ton of sense. Like th that's a sneaky, strong spot where you can come out in 11 with, cause they're in a position yeah. picking 10th with that roster. They can sort of have fun with it. Right. Right. They've got a big guy. They've got a burner. So you had a shifty guy and now all of a sudden you've got every matchup across the board. Uh, I think the Titans are in a spot where they very much need a wide receiver. They've got to make good on yeah. that, on that AJ Brown trade. And then I, the Texans at 12, honestly, you reunite him with CJ Stroud. That's all the rage right now, right? Reuniting college quarterbacks yeah, with fair. their, with their receivers. So, and I know that, that he didn't play a ton, you know, Stroud was this year and it was fields or no fields was two years. No, ago, it was, it was no, Stroud. It was, Stroud yeah. was his good year. It was Stroud. You're right. So, 
that's all there. And then you never know who's going to trade up. I, I There's a number of teams further back. I think the Giants are a team that's a threat to t- trade up and take a receiver. I think the Packers are a team that's a threat to trade up and take a receiver. I, I wouldn't sleep on the Steelers doing that. Um, the Ravens. So, and look, the Patriots yeah, the could as well. But I, I almost think that all of the receivers testing poorly outside of Flowers is actually going to help some of their draft stocks. Because I think now you're going to get this thing where this isn't a deep wide receiver draft and teams are going to panic and make sure they get their guy and maybe move yeah. up and overdraft. And I think that may actually help the Patriots because if they're all coming up to take receivers, I actually think it's going to push some tackles down the board. But yeah, that's I I don't think JSN makes it to 14. I think there's, there's too many spots that make sense. And I think, look, I have him as wide receiver too. So I mentioned all those landing spots, right? Mm-hmm. I think Zay goes ahead of him. I think there's a chance yeah. Quentin Johnston goes ahead of him, but there are going to be teams that have JSN number one, uh, their number one receiver on their board. So if you think he's going to make it to 14, basically what you're saying is you're confident that none of those teams above the Patriots that need a wide receiver has have JSN as their number one receiver. And there are teams up there. Yeah. Um Again, whether it's the Texans who who certainly need a pet just without even trades, whether it's the Texans who need a pass catcher, uh, whether it's the the Eagles who could use one, whether it's the Titans who need one. But do the Eagles even, really need one? Because you have AJ Brown and No, but they're a wild card. They can take anybody they want. How did they they're, get so that one's a little different? Uh the Saints last year. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay. Yep. Um, so I shouldn't throw the Eagles out, it's just the order I looked at it, but I'll say this like how far back do the Bears move? Yeah. If it's the Raiders at seven moving up, JSN at seven is not a stretch to me. If it's uh, even the Panthers at six moving up, I don't think that's a stretch. So I, there's too many teams that, that would want them. Yeah, that's a fair point. But I, I again, I think that uh, I think Zay and ha- sort of transitioning into that now, um, Quentin Johnson, he's going to be a top 15 pick. Uh, so is, Yep. Say Flowers. I think Zay is going to be the first wide receiver off the board. I think he's going to be a top eight pick. I don't think he gets past. Atlanta. I think all three. I think all. Uh, I'm going a little later in that. Okay. I think he's number I, one off the board. I, though. No question. I have him as uh, I can tell you right here, and I'm still tinkering with this. this yeah, me too. It'll be up tomorrow on 95sportsup.com. Ivan's my second receiver off the board. Okay. And the reason for that is the team I have taking wide receiver first basically has a guy like Zay, and they're they're taking a different right wide receiver to add a different skill set. Good tease. Um, but yeah, I just I, I I think those three all go within the top fifteen, and I wonder now if Jordan Addison's a first round pick at all. That's where I was going to transfer into right now because Addison did not run well, Alex. He just didn't. Uh, he finished off with a fin- with a, an official four four nine, which we talked about it. I've said it. It's not all about speed. It's really not. And you're talking about tenths and hundredths of a second here. Um, so the difference between a four four nine and a four four seven, whatever. If you think about it on NFL Sundays, but he also weighed in at just 173 pounds. So if you're going to be that small, you do need to find your. You do need to have your speed. Look at a guy like Devonte Smith. The reason he can play at 165 pounds is because he's a top f- top five fastest receiver in the NFL. Devonte Smith. So. Addison, I thought he's going to be a first round pick. I don't think he's going to, um, I don't think he's going to fall out of the top thirty two. But I think he definitely falls out of the top fifteen after uh, what he put on tape this weekend. And uh, it's tough because he's a guy who Bolitnikov winner two years ago, two systems Pitt and USC. Uh, he showed out at both, but I mean you got to show some speed when it matters most, and he just didn't do that on Saturday. And I, he, he came in small as well, and that doesn't help yeah. him. The one thing I wonder, though, excuse me, uh, the one thing I wonder, and I said it with JSN, mm-hmm. is these teams trying to get their young quarterbacks comfortable by getting them familiar weapons. The Steelers sitting there at 17. Right. Right. They dealt. Um, um, it's been too many Claypool. names. Too, too many days. They dealt Claypool, Claypool last year. So they still have Deontay Johnson, but he was rumored to be looking for a new contract and a guy they might trade. And then they have right. George Pickens, who like has looked good, but it's still early. They're to me a sleeper team to take wide receiver, and I, I could see them taking Jordan Addison. Yeah, um, I agree. It's just it's I, now that you say it. I look at 
uh, the Stroud and uh, JSN thing with those them having two two picks in the top twelve, and then you look at uh, Addison with the Steelers too. I think that makes a lot of sense if they're both there. Um, I want JSN in New England. I don't know if it's going to happen, but uh, pairing up guys uh, makes a lot of sense. Anyway, Bryce Ford Wheaton, I want to give you the floor. That's your guy. You talked about him on here. He's a freak. He's a DK Metcalf type, and he showed out on Saturday. So tell us about your guy from West Virginia, Alex. What do you think of BFW? Yeah, 6'4", 221, running in the four threes. He also, and people are going to say, all right, so he's a big guy who runs fast. Big deal. Those guys are never good because they can't move. Go look at his agility drills. Yep. Those were good as well. Uh, complete receiver. And by the way, excellent on special teams as well. That's what I was going to tee up for you too. Man, I... If they hadn't taken Taekwon last year, like to do what they did with Taekwon with him, reach a little bit, but you get that guy in the second round, that would feel great. I don't know if they have room for that move right now, mm-hmm. but he's the real deal. I've been telling people since September, Bryce Ford Wheaton is the real deal. I don't think it's going to be in New England, unfortunately, because they have Taekwon and it's going to be tough to make those two picks in back-to-back years. But man, if he goes to like Seattle, look out. He's going to be a stud. Why Seattle? Just because Metcalf's there? Why do you? They develop you those guys there? because yeah, there okay. are there are two players in since they started tracking the combine in 03. There are two players, six four or taller, to run a sub four four forty and have a forty inch vertical. It's DK Metcalf and Tyreek Woolen. So uh, okay. that's right. their kind of guy. What's their What's their GM Schneider? Schneider, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's you're right. That's that's the guy. Um, so, yeah, maybe we see uh, him having the eyes on Bryce Ford Wheaton. Um, but what other wide receivers stood out to you before we move on to the tight ends? Which that's probably going to be another long segment because we both have a tight end that we love um, on each of our boards. But anything else from the wide receivers? Trey Palmer in the fastest forty. Uh, I don't know how much that helps or hurt because we already knew he was fast. But uh, anybody else from the wide receivers? Charlie Jones, I see in the chat. I don't know if you want to touch on him. Yeah, I, I thought Charlie Jones and Rakim Jarrett were, were the two guys yeah. I looked at. If there's like a day three slot guy, if they, you know, go out and get a guy like Hopkins who's going to play on the boundary, well, you still need a slot receiver. Um, I, I thought Rakim Jarrett and Charlie Jones bolted very well for themselves. I, I didn't think Charlie Jones was going to run 4-4. I thought he was going to be like 4-6. Yeah. So that was surprising to see. Um, Marvin Mims had a good, good combine too. I don't know how he fits in New England, mm-hmm. but – um, to me, he's very redundant with Kendrick Bourne, and I really don't want to do the thing where we don't play Kendrick Bourne again. Yeah, can't happen. But, oh, and Josh Downs was excellent. Josh Downs might have snuck his way into the first round. Yeah. Um, anything? Uh, what do you think of Keishon Butte? Yeah, it, it was not slow. great measurements, not great numbers. I, I, I'm probably cooling off on that take a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Xavier Hutchinson. I thought he looked good in drills, but he ran a four th- four five three, and so. I'm kind of hit or miss on him. I know we took him in our first Patriots beat mock draft, uh, I think in the, the beginning of the third round or something, that that third pick there. But um, yeah. I think he helped himself a little bit. Uh, but again, the receiver room for the Patriots is going to be interesting with the way things uh, work out with Hopkins and the way they work out with whatever happens, whether it's Jared Judy or if they make a trade free agency, re-sign Jacoby. That's going to be a, a big player here, but... Uh, they definitely have plenty of options uh, on all three days of the draft for receivers. Um, so let's do tight end. Tight end uh, is the deepest class or the deepest position, probably at the draft. I thought it was going to be corner and tackle, but the tight end showed out. Uh, my guy Darnell Washington. He's now my tight end one. He ran a four six five. Alex. He is an absolute freak. He made a highlight reel catch, which. Pat Lane from Pat's Pulpit had to call me out on Twitter and say that it was, in fact, incomplete because he didn't get both. Ah, it's no fun. But I don't care. That, no fun. We are not the no fun club here. We are the fun club. Darnell Washington was a beast. He's a first-round pick. He's the best tight end. He's better than Michael Mayer. I'm sorry. Mayer was slow. Darnell Washington was faster than Michael Mayer. That's all you need to know. He's a better blocker. He's faster. He's bigger. He's stronger. He's better than Michael Mayer. He's the best tight end in the class. Yeah, I mean, that certainly stands out. I, I am with the first round grade. I have him up there. Um, okay. He's still not – he hasn't played tight end a long time. I, the route running's not quite there. Um, but he's – It's fine. He he's a himself. tight end. 
catch the ball. He helped him. He helped himself out a ton. He's going to be a top yeah. forty pick. I I, yeah. I really believe that. But so everybody's now like, oh, you got to get Darnell Washington. He's one on one. You know, look at these guys this big and this fast. Well, Mike. Yes, I, I, I really Zach. shouldn't take this victory lap on you because you were open-minded. Oh, yeah, if I, go, I heard it. If you go back and listen to the Catch-22, not the last one, the one from okay. two weeks ago, we previewed the Combine, and listen to how disgusted Evan is. He's, because Evan's no I bring fun. up Zach Coots, right? This. Because Evan He's hates no fun. fun. <laughs> six, eight, or six, seven, and it's six, eights or whatever he was. Six, eight. Four five five, yep. Forty inch vertical, and you know what? He he's not a great blocker. I get that. I said this when we talked about him before. He may actually be a massive slot receiver. Wouldn't be opposed to that. Bring him in. Figure you either teach him how to block, but if he can't block, I still think he'd be a decent receiver. This is a little bold. I'm not necessarily necessarily comparing him player to player, but the player type. Mike, okay, he's Travis Kelsey, or I guess if I want to, I, I'd be a little more SNL as good as Kelsey did last night. He might. If I want to be a little more restrained, Mike Kosicki. Okay, Thank Mike Kosicki doesn't really that. block either. Mike right. Kosicki still like that to me. This the realistic ceiling is Mike Kosicki. If you maximize him, he's somewhere close to Travis Kelsey. Okay, that's fair. Um, so Darnell Washington's a great player. He's the best. I'm player. not using. I'm not using 46 on him. I'm sorry. I'm not using 14 on him. I'm not using 46 on him. I'm not trading up at the you second round again. You wouldn't take him. Darnell Washington at 46 if he fell there. Not when I can go get Zach Koontz at 107. No, dude. Darnell Washington is that much better than Zach Koontz. Look, I, I get it. It's cute. It's fun. Old Dominion. Let's have a party. But like, it's not even that, Mike. They're tr- we're trying to unlock Mac Jones here, right? Trying oh, yeah. to take the passing game to the next level. 100. percent all right, fine. A huge reason Washington is so great is because he's going to come in day one, be the best blocking tight end in the league. And he's going to okay. unlock your run game. Yep. Patriots run game is pretty unlocked. I'm not too worried about the Patriots run game. Okay, but it can get better. It can get better. Let's but... do more. Let's block. We have we have problems on the offensive line already, so why not bring in yeah, the best? Yeah, I, I, I'd, uh, I'd rather see them extend the, the, the passing game. And look, if Koontz turns out to be a guy, Mike, who's covering him? Like realistically, who in the league is covering six eight four five five from the slot? So you have a fair point, and I will also uh, change forty six a little bit because look, if we can use forty six on DeAndre Hopkins and then draft Zach Koontz later on, do that all day. There but you go. If if Hopkins is gone, he's not traded. Whatever forty six, I'm taking Washington over Koontz. I'm sorry, he has he has a his ceiling as a pass catcher is higher than Zach Koontz. Uh, and he's a better block. So, I I don't know that his ceiling's higher as a pass catcher. As a red zone threat, yes. Yeah, but okay. like, Koontz is going to be a problem in the open field. Is he going to make a roster? <laughs> I would think so. I mean, I look. I know it's. Uh, and look, the other big thing yeah, for him, no, honestly, was... the other big thing for him was we didn't know what his injury was and that scared yeah. some people off. And there were rumors that it was a back injury and that always terrifies you. I don't want to say dislocated kneecap is nothing. That's no joke, but he's good. He's fully cleared. That's what the report said. So yeah, not worried about the injury, not, you know, he, the, the, the testing, it wasn't just an urban legend. He tested through the roof. Go get him. Yeah. Go get him. All right. Um, any other tight ends stand out? Sam Laporta from Iowa, I look at every time just because of the the tight end you type. With uh, yeah, I, I know it's it's cliche, but I mean you, when you get Kittle and Fant and TJ Hawkins and out of the same school, they're doing something right in the tight end department. And Sam Laporta ran a four five nine forty. It was the third fastest behind Zach Koontz, Should I add uh, behind Will Mallory and Zach Koontz. Um He. Man, I'm looking at the testing numbers, and Zach Koontz is at the top of every single one. <laughs> Mike, I, I, I don't. This guy is a unicorn. I'll remind you of this. Who's too. Okay, trivia, trivia question: Who had the fastest 20 yard shuttle? Probably Darnell Washington. Darnell Washington. Yeah, right, Who was second? <laughs> Zach Koontz. 
none of these go across the best tight ends. And he in the was tied, and he was tied for first on the bench as well. Go across the best tight. I think he benched more than Washington did. Actually, yeah, he did. Coons. Two reps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's a tech, which it's a technique thing with his blocking, which they can coach. Right. Uh, Travis Kelsey was, I think, taken in the third round. Yeah, that sounds. Mark right. Andrews was taken in the third round. George Kittle was taken in the fifth round. You don't need a reach to take a tight end. This is not a position you need to reach. And you have a guy here who, like, the testing compared to Calvin Johnson, and I'm not saying he is going to be Calvin Johnson. He's going to be when better. Those are, when, you know, when those yeah. are the numbers you have to go to to find a comp, yeah, I, I'm interested. I'll take a flyer on the guy. I'll, I'll use a high 100th pick on the guy or low, yeah. wherever you want to go, 100 something. I'll bring him in and see what happens. All right, Absolutely. It's but Darnell Washington, like, he's a unicorn just like Koontz is. is Darnell he Washington. is a unicorn too, but you know who Koontz reminds me of in a sense? And I've used, this is going to be the second time I use this comp, this draft. It's Tyreek oh. Wollen. Oh, yeah. It's the you, same you thing say, all over again. You just say that because, oh, yeah, because you did it. That's why you're saying it. Yeah. No, because people are going to look at the measurables and the testing, mm-hmm. and he's from a small school, and they're going to say it's about? too. UTSA. Oh, yeah, okay. And the fun belt, baby. And they're going to say it's too good. Uh, are they sun belt? Is you? I don't think UTSA sun belt, know. actually. Old Old Dominion is. Um, They're going to look at all that and say it's too good to be true. Conference USA. Ty, Tyreek Woolen, Tariq Woolen was the 21st corner off the board last year, Mike. Yeah, that's, that's silly. All of the numbers said draft him and nobody did. I think you're going to see the same thing with Zach Koontz. All the numbers are going to say draft him and, and, and nobody else is. Look, maybe they double dip. Maybe they draft both. And I'll say now this. Now we're talking. <laughs> to the people who are like, people hear that and, oh, Devin Asiasi, oh, Dalton Keene. <laughs> Either one of these guys that were, well, Darnell Washington certainly would have been tight end one in that class. Yeah. I I do think, um, why can't I remember the guy's name? Uh, the other Notre Dame, he was Notre Dame tight end who went first that year to the Bears. Um, Cole, Cole Komet, Cole Komet, Cole Komet, Cole Cole Komet's probably a better prospect than Zach Koontz is, but Zach Koontz would have been a close second. Yeah. Devin Asiasi is a late day three pick in this class. And I don't think Dalton King gets drafted. Like it's a very different class. Just keep that in mind. The, cl- the tight end class is absolutely absurd this year. And so yeah. I guess you're right in that sense that why reach for Donald Washington when you can go grab Koontz later on and you can fill other holes. I get it. I know. I'm just – Donald Washington is turning into my favorite prospect in the class. That's um, fine. And that look, th- this is what it is. You kind of have your guy that you hang your hat on. Right. And at the other positions, like we all love a bunch – there's guys I would take in the first round at receiver. There's guys I'd take in the first round at tackle. There's guys I'd take in the first round at corner. You right. can't – do all of that. So, all right, who's the guy I'm going to hang my hat on here? And then you go to the next step and it's all right. All those positions at the second round, who's the guy I truly believe in here. And then you go down again. I, I look at the rest of the class and as good as Darnell Washington is, I look at the rest of the class and I say, I'm comfortable not taking him. I am. I, 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 and maybe he becomes a great player. I'm not saying that he won't, but with some of these other guys on the board and you look at it, the other positions in need, I can let Darnell Washington go. I, I I'm not going to lose sleep over not picking him. He'd be, he'd be a cool pick. I'm not saying he'd be a bad pick if they took him. Yeah. But I'm not going to lose sleep if they pass on him given now, if they pass on him and then don't take any tight ends, like that's annoying, but right. you get what I'm saying. We're like, yeah, it, they don't necessarily need Darnell Washington to make this draft. We're like, you look at the tackles in the first round. I do feel like they need one of those guys to make this draft. I do. That's why I'm valuing those tackles over guys like Devin Witherspoon and Joey Porter. Should they get to 14? Right. Then you go down to the second round and, or or you go to day two, really. And like one of the day two picks has to be a corner. I don't know which one, like they could go another position or trade 46. And I think they can still get a corner at 76, but as long as they get a corner there. Yeah. Okay. I'm good. I, I don't know about later than that. So I'm, like tight end, now I'm at like, all right, wide receiver, tight end, linebacker, like I'm kind of all bunching in there. But at this point, Darnell Washington's off the board, if any of that it, made any sense. No, it does. And 
looping in Patriots tight end news with uh, the Jordan Schultz report today that, I mean, it, I saw you tweet about it, that it didn't really seem like they were going to release him anyway, but Jordan Schultz essentially confirmed that uh, Hunter Henry will not be cut by the Patriots and uh, that they value him as a both a player and a leader. And Bill O'Brien uh, should be able to plan and – sorry, Bill O'Brien plans to better maximize his patch-catching ability. So it looks like they're not going to move on from either Henry or Smith. So, look, I know that they haven't been great according to their contracts, and I know that you obviously want to build a pipeline there. But if you're going to have both those tight ends back, then uh, I think you're fine take, not taking one early as well. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, that's the tight ends. Unless you have any more, we can uh, finish this bad boy off with the offensive line, which is arguably their best position need. If you don't have any more tight ends, good. No, I'm 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 good. Let's keep moving. Let's do O line. Blake Freeland, my guy, stood out to me today. This was my number one offensive lineman who I love today. BYU guy, go Cougars. BYU Cougars. Yeah, uh, yes. he ran a four yes. four nine eight official forty sub five. Um, he broke the combine record with a 37-inch vertical for offensive linemen, uh, and he measured in at 6'8", 302. So he's massive, and he's an athlete. 302 is a little bit on the smaller side because guys like Dewan Jones and the other the other bricks uh, out there uh, came in a little bit thicker, but Freeland running that fast and uh, having that much athleticism at 6'8", screams take this guy a little bit later on, fill your other needs with better players, and then Blake Freeland can, uh, I don't know if he's necessarily plug and play, but I really liked what I saw from him at that size. I think that that could be a Patriots option should they fill other, excuse me, positions of needs elsewhere. What'd you think of Freeland? Yeah, I, I just, so, all right, as much as we're kind of over some, some of these guys right now, and I get it, you also mm-hmm. got to remember that at the end of the day, what he did wasn't football. I still look at the tape with yeah, Freeland. He still seems unsure of himself. He's still like, I I want to like him. I want to buy in. Uh, I just, the football side of it still isn't there to me. It's almost a guy who I wish that um, Skardekia was still here because you bring in a guy with, that's raw like that and then you can coach him up with the best offensive line coach of all time. Uh, that guy's not here anymore, but hopefully Adrian Clem can do something like that. Um but I don't know. I liked the athleticism from Freeland. Uh, the other guy that I want to jump to before I take your thoughts is Peter Skaronsky, who measured in at under 33 inches. And uh, that's just not great. I saw that you tweeted it. Uh, so this is pulling from you. So I have to credit you so you don't sue me for copyright infringement. But you found that Good. he was or <laughs> you found that two tackles, um, only two tackles have been taken in the first round with uh, shorter than 33 inch arms it was uh caleb mcgarry and then who was the other one do you remember uh oh i can't remember uh justin Pugh, who eventually became a oh player. yeah yeah right so uh skaronsky said this week that teams haven't talked about him kicking inside and he uh he doesn't really they haven't even mentioned his arm length but he measured in pretty small so look i know it's just a measurable at the end of the day but what did skaronsky measuring in that that short tell you is that cuz he's still a top prospect so what, what did you think of that measurement i think most teams are going to see him as a guard again the the numbers are just there and and when i was going yeah. through and finding that there were a lot of guys in the first round at 33 inches 33 and 8 so i really think it might be a psychological thing but when that number gets down to 32 something uh, teams freak out. I still think he might go in the first round because I think he's the best guard in this draft. Mm-hmm. But uh, if if he is a guard, but I, I think most teams are going to see him as a guard and it pushes him down the board. Now, the Patriots, the old Patriots wouldn't care. The new Patriots seem to care more about combine numbers. So it'll be interesting to see how that works. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's... It, it, it it takes him out of the running to be the top tackle. I think it takes him out of the running in the top 15. Look, it could Patriots think he's a tackle and they believe he can play it. Then he's to them at 14 and they get a guy that, that they believe is an elite at 14. But that just, um, that just it's tells me really it's Isaiah Wynn all over. That's just Isaiah Wynn all over. No, but, but, but he's not because the rest of, he's built to play tackle beyond that. He's 6'4", right? He's, he's yeah, got, uh, you know, good feet and he's like technically a tackle he's always played tackle Isaiah Wynn was 6-2 Isaiah Wynn played guard it's different 
It's it, okay. I, I get why you go there. I, I'm not necessarily saying you're wrong for going there. It's that, it's that fringe guy that they're like, well, we'll bring him in and then we'll play him elsewhere and then we'll bounce him around and then he doesn't get stuck in a place and then he loses confidence and then it's Isaiah went all over again. I know it's not the same thing, but if they draft him and think he's a tackle and he can't play tackle because of his arms, then that's bad evaluation on their end. Sorry. You're not wrong. It, it, and what's, what's scary about it is... I think he's a left guard if he's a guard and Cole Strange is a left guard. Yeah. So it's not like you can move one of them and kick Michael and Wenu out. Right. So it would be a very yeah. risky pick if they take him. They have to be uh, uh rock solid. Sure. On that evaluation. It tells me it's not going to happen with Skaronsky in New England at that point, uh, because they have the other positions filled and I don't see him as their left tackle for the future. Um, right. Dewan Jones. He's 6'8", he's 375, he's got a 7-foot wingspan. He's like literally, I saw Field Dates tweet it, he is just a house. Um, and he moved well. So what, what did you very think well. of Dewan Jones? I think he's yeah, he's probably he's your be, favorite tackle in this class. If he I, might if be I, my favorite player in this whole draft. He's yeah, going to be an all-pro. Yeah. He is Talk about going him. to be hilariously good at the NFL level. He is going to make grown men look like children. Unfortunately, the Patriots don't need a right tackle, and I don't want to tinker and move him to left because we just did a whole year of moving tackles around, and it right, didn't right. go well. So I'm bummed about that. Unless unless they're going to keep Trent on the left side, and they don't want to pay. Here's how it happened. You trade okay. 46 for Judy. You have to pay him. That's your big contract. You keep Trent at left. You draft Juan Jones as your right tackle at 14. That's what it would be. I don't hate that. Um, it, it make it, it's there. The the idea look, is there. You're going to run for about 130 yards of carry behind Dewan Jones and Michael Owenu on the right side. So exactly. Now, do they see right tackle as a premium position, or do they see it as a position that they don't need to address in the first round? That becomes another question. But whoever win, winds up with Dewan Johnson is uh, uh, Dewan Jones. Jones. Sorry, is going to get a, an outstanding player. There's there's Broderick Jones. It, Paris Jones, Paris Johnson, Dewan Jones, but Dewan Jones and Paris Johnson went to the same school, but uh, uh, Paris Johnson and Broderick Jones play the same position. The names are all too similar. Every time I go to tweet about Broderick Jones at Georgia, I always type in Ohio State tackle Broderick Jones, and then I always have to fix it because they're all they're all in that same class. It gets a little dizzying. It does. Yeah, it does. Um, but speaking of Broderick Jones. He was the fastest old lineman, Alex, and we drafted Broderick Jones with the 14th pick in our first Patriots beat mock draft. Um, maybe the next time we do it, we make that same pick again. I know we're probably not going to do that because we like to switch it up, but look, that feels like it could be a solid spot for the Patriots is taking Broderick Jones at 14 because he's probably going to be there. Because, gets there. But people are going to take, we talked about the wide receivers, the quarterbacks are going to go. It's There's going to be four quarterbacks in the top 15. There's going to be Two or three wide receivers. There's going to be two or three corners. So, so here's what it comes down to. to so, Broger Jones could fall to them at 14, but he had a good here's, deck. Go ahead. Here's what it comes down to to me. And honestly, Jalen Carter might make or break this. Yeah. Because if the Bears are sitting there or whoever, like, I think the, the Bears are going to end up with the fourth pick. If they're sitting there yeah. at four, Jalen Carter makes a ton of sense. If Jalen Carter's not an option, then I think they go with one of the tackles. If not, it's actually a while before a tackle goes. There is a non-unrealistic situation at all. Uh, it's not unrealistic at all that the Patriots pick the second tackle. Here's what the question becomes. Whoever takes the first tackle, whether it's the Bears, whether it's the Jets, whether it's the Titans, Paris, Johnson, and I, I think both players have high floors. I think both players have high ceilings. But Paris Johnson, to me, is a higher floor guy. I think he's going to come in a little bit more polished. Broderick Jones, to me, is a higher ceiling guy. I think he's going to come in certainly capable to start, but I think he, at the end of the day, will have a better career than Paris Johnson. I think both will be good. You can't necessarily project that. Right. What is the team that takes the first tackle want? So I think I'm 50-50, whether they get Broderick Jones or Paris Johnson. I think either one's a great pick, but... I can't confidently sit here and say, oh, yeah, I feel really good that Broderick Jones is going to be there at 14. I really feel really good Paris Jones is going to be there at 14. One of those two is going to be the first tackle taken. Yeah. Who it is, 
and I know we did that whole spiel about how we're going to sort things out at the combine and figure it all out in that. Um, we've moved Skaronsky down. So yep. we sorted that out. I, I still go back and forth on Broderick Jones and Paris Johnson. If you tell me one of those two guys is your favorite, I, I think you probably have a valid argument either way. I would agree. Um, now, do you, do you already have Dewan Jones in that first tier with them, or is he still sort of? Yeah, but I'm, I know I'm, it's different because it's right tackle specifically. Left tackle. Okay. Yes, Dewan Jones an elite tackle. Dewan Jones might be the best overall tackle in this draft. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Um, just looking at O lineman again as we wrap this guy up. Um, Anton Harrison, uh, he, he had a. Uh, if you could explain a little bit further the arm measurement debacle that happened with him, but uh, I, I didn't really catch it. I didn't see it, but what, what happened with that? He, he came in short and then they remeasured or was what happened? Yeah, it was, I mean, I think it was just a typo. I think that, Oh, it was a typo. Okay. Tweets that out. Had it. So I didn't see any more than that. So unless oh, okay. I missed something. No, um, I don't know. I just thought it, I saw it was a point of contention. So I was confused. Oh no. I just, I, I think it was literally just a typo. Oh, all right. Well, Anton Harrison, uh, uh, the one thing that stood out for me with him was uh, he looked really good in that uh, past pass set drill. Um, I think he has quick feet. He has solid feet. Um, I don't know if he's going to make it to 46. I think he could be a back end of the first round guy. But uh, Oklahoma tackle Anton Harrison. Did you like, hate, indifferent? What do you think of his of his uh, combine? So. Yeah, I wasn't totally sold on him as like a first round pick coming in, but I I, I see why people have that take now. Uh, moves very well, Mo- yeah. moves incredibly well. I thought he had a good day. I understand now why people have him uh, as a first round grade. Yeah. Um, any other tackles on your on your uh, that hit your eye? I guess uh, before we wrap this thing up, any later later round guys that you thought maybe Darnell Wright? Uh, I don't know. What what do you think? So not tackles. Um. Not tackles, but one my notes are just my computer's nope. not having it's it tonight. Um, that's why I've been kind Mars. of spacey. So it was it was funny. Like right before the linemen started working out, there's a report from Justin Mello of uh, the Draft Network that the Patriots met with Anthony Bradford, a lineman from LSU, and he's a guy I kind of see as a fit. You know, on day three, multi, you know, three position versatility can play both guard spots, can play a little right tackle. I I thought he looked really good. I, I, yeah. you know, and maybe, maybe it was some of that. I made a point to watch him because I saw that report, but right. Michael and when was in a contract year, I don't hate them drafting a guard late on day three or just on day three is kind of an insurance plan and they need depth right. at that position anyway. And if he can play a little tackle as well, great. So I, you know, Bradford's a the guy they've met with. Okay. He's on the radar. Let's see how he looks. And I thought he looked pretty good. Yeah, the other guy I think of in that sort of same spot where, like, the an interior lineman guy, a guy who can play sort of all around, is uh, TJ Bass from Oregon. He didn't run great. He was slow. Um, but he ran, he, he ran, like, he didn't look comfortable running either. Like, yeah, I know. Yeah. But the and I, this is not really combine-centric. It's more just the fact that he played with Adrian Clem that tells me that maybe if he didn't test well, like he really didn't, if he falls down day three, that maybe the Patriots scoop him up too. So uh, that's, that's my one guy that uh, I thought of as sort of a later round non tackle that, uh, that could be on the Patriots radar. Um, Any other final wrap up thoughts, Alex, on this NFL combine before we get back, uh, get back to um, we'll get going here and then get back to our off season. Oh, any, any sort of wrap ups from the combine? Um. Here we go. We're off Are and running. Are you sad that it's over? Yeah. No, I, I I like having the information. The combine process does. You get to the last day, and it's it, it's the end. It's shorts and shirts. It's not football. So yeah, that's fair. The information's good. I, I mean, I like watching the the, the skill position forties, but now th- this is the fun part because now right. we have pretty much. There's still pro days, but we pretty much have all the information. Yep. So now it's just get in there figure it out, come up, you know, this, that, try to find these different patterns, things like this. Now, now it's draft season. Now it's really on. Yep. Now here we go. It's a six week sprint to the finish. Yep. That is right. Uh, we will have a mock draft soon on Patriots beat. I don't know exactly when yet, but I know you guys like those. We will, uh, yeah, go ahead. What we think. Yeah, it's coming. Um, we'll talk about it. We will plan it out. Uh, uh, you know what? Let's wrap up with something in the chat. Uh, someone just, right. uh, 
came up with this. Jacoby's right, this gone was another report, report today too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jacoby Myers sounds like he wants to get paid and rightfully so. Um, it also came out in the Graziano, uh, Graziano report that he, they're not really close. And so I, I don't think Jacoby is going to be back. Uh, it sounds like he wants to, but he wants to get the money he's, he's deserving of and rightfully so. Um, he, he would fit the system in a, in the slot, but he's going to command too much money. They have the picks. They have the dra- um, They have the picks. They have the cap space to make other moves at wide receiver. So at the end of the day, I probably I don't think Jacoby's going to be back. But what do you think? Yeah, I I don't think so either. Especially look if if there's anything to the DeAndre Hopkins uh, rumors, right? It's going to be really tough for them to end up with both of those guys, and they're both probably going to want about the same amount of money, like yeah. that fifteen to eighteen million range. And, and Jacoby's going to want more years, but. Called sixteen million a year. Who would right. you rather pay sixteen million a year to DeAndre Hopkins for three years or Jacoby Myers for five years? Uh, I am going to go with DeAndre Hopkins if you give me that scenario, Alex. I I <laughs> would as well, and I think yeah. that there's a chance that it comes down to something a lot like that. Yeah, I would think so too. But uh, thanks for the catch. Uh, that was uh, yeah, just some Jacoby Myers news today. Uh, we yeah. love him, but I don't think it's going to happen. So that's going to do it for us on this Sunday night. Um, we will be back early this week. Um, we'll keep you posted on Twitter uh, to let you know when that's coming. But uh, until the next show, Alex, thanks for joining me. We'll be back shortly. The combine is over. Start your mock drafts. Get ready. Free agency is just around the corner. The Patriots offseason, the NFL offseason is full speed ahead. So uh, for Alex Barth, I am Mike Cadlick. Follow him at RealAlexBarth on Twitter. Read all his draft coverage at 985thesportsup.com. Do the same for myself at clnsmedia.com. I will have some sort of mock draft out. Uh, tomorrow, and I already have uh, winners and losers from the combine up on the site now. So, check it out.